and welcome to Club Crime. My name is Amelia, otherwise known as DJ EJ, and this is a true crime broadcast recording live here at KTCU. Now, I always feel like a broken record, but how is everyone? How are how are y'all doing? Um, I had an, I've been having an interesting night, I guess you could say. I just got back from a rehearsal in Dallas. I literally like rushed home 45 minutes away to get here because, as you know, I am very devoted to club crime and I wouldn't be here without all of you listeners. Shout out to my mom and dad who are definitely listening right now. Um, but yeah, last week's episode was super duper fun. We talked about two episodes, or we talked about two stories with our friend Christabel. We talked about the Boy in the Box case, otherwise known as this Joseph Zarelli case, and the John Binet Ramsey case. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that last week live, we do post regularly every Thursday at 6 p.m. on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can just find us at Club Crime. And if you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, you can follow us at Club Crime Official. But on Twitter, it's only at Club Crime Official because they wouldn't let me finish the like little an official at the end, which really upsets me. But as always, we have a new special guest here each week on Club Crime. And I'd like to introduce you all to my friend Jacob. Jacob, please introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Jacob. I'm a student at TCU. I'm a musical theater major and I'm just super, super excited to be here. Um, I can't wait to hear what story Amelia has today. All right, guys, I got to make fun of Jacob for just a quick second. (laughs) So it was, I mean, it's funny. We can laugh about it, but I get this text from him at what was it? 5.26 p.m. And it says, it better not be scary, too scary tonight in regards to the story. (laughs) This is a true crime podcast. I don't know. I'm just, I'm scared. But what has like gotten you into like true crime? Like, like what's your interest? Hmm. I mean, I've listened to a couple true crime podcasts before. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely. So this is a little bit of a new experience for you. Yes. I, I like murder shows sometimes, <laughs> not in the nighttime. <laughs> I like to watch them in the daylight. Mm. So In the non-scary hours. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Um, I... But I'm not too familiar, but I'm excited to hear All right. the story. I'm excited. This is going to be so exciting. All right. So I'm going to tell you your guest duties. Okay. I'm going to tell you a true crime story. It is your job to react, ask questions, add in your own personal anecdotes, and just add to the story in any way that you want. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, you're not a huge true crime fan, but do you have any guesses as to what maybe the story might be? Oh, gosh. I have absolutely no idea. Unless it's like a super, super popular one, I probably I, it's won't. It's definitely a very popular one. But it's hasn't been popular in a long time. Mm. Like, like it, we were both very young little babies okay. when this was like happening. Oof. I was actually we probably weren't even. You were born in what? Four. Oh four. Yeah. This happened in oh two. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. But I guess like part of it will take place after we were like little babies. But all right. I also gave you the hint of this is another. We're bringing back the personal connection stories, everyone. Mm. So this story does have a personal connection to me. Tonight's story, I'm going to tell you the murder of Lacey Peterson. Hmm, interesting. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) All right, sources for tonight's story include the Los Angeles Times, Wikipedia, Fox News, CNN News, and the Crime Junkie podcast. 
All right, so as always, we have to start off with a little bit of background on the case. Lacey Denise Roja was born on May 4th, 1975 in Eccleson, California, to parents Sharon and Dennis. She was the second of two children, and she had an older brother named Brent, who was born in 1971. Lacey's father owned a dairy farm, which she worked on from a young age and found her passion for plants and gardening. Which I always wish I had a green thumb. Mm. I always wish, like, every plant that I own just dies. Yeah, I won't even try with plants. Uh, they're too messy for me, and I can't. I just forget I about them. Like, I feel so bad, but I literally just, like, will not forget that oh, I yeah. have it. For sure. But, yeah. So, when she and her brother were still young, Lacey's parents divorced, and Sharon moved with the children to Modesto, California, though the siblings would still go to the farm on weekends. Sharon remarried when Lacey was two to a man named Ron Gransky, who was key in helping raise both the siblings. We love a good, like, stepping up stepfather. Mm -hmm. All right. So growing up in Modesto, Lacey was a cheerleader throughout junior high and high school. And once she graduated high school, Lacey went to California Polytechnic State University, San Luis Obispo. My hometown. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so I always say Cal Poly, like... We've talked about a story before with the Kristen Smart case, which, like, happened in my hometown. She went to Cal Poly. But I don't, like, y'all, I feel like I've never fully described this. I literally live within walking distance from this campus. Right. Like, our <laughs> our field trips in elementary school used to be to walk to the cow farm. Where'd you go in elementary I'm not going to stay in my oh, elementary yeah. school. <laughs> Let me just dox myself no, true. really fast. But, um... No, so we would, like, walk to the cow farm that they have, and we would mm. go, like, pet baby cows. And Why do they have a cow farm? Because it's California's, like, biggest agricultural school. So they have a cow farm, they have a pig farm, they have a chicken farm, they have, like, a horse farm, maybe. Gotcha. But they make, they have a creamery on site, and they make good okay. ice cream. Okay. During COVID, they had drive through ice cream, hmm. and it was delicious. Hmm. I got, like, chocolate fudge ice cream once. And then I never went back ever again okay. because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> but yeah. So while at Cal Poly, Lacey followed her passions and studied ornamental horticulture. What is that? Let's look it up because I was also confused of what is ornamental horticulture. <laughs> it it, sounds I, mean, like I think horticulture. Ornaments. <laughs> I thought it was like ornament hanging or something. <laughs> well, horticulture is like plants so it's like tree christmas trees okay 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 no definition a program that focuses on domesticated plants and plant materials used for decorated decorative and recreational applications and prepares individuals to breed grow and utilize ornamental plant varieties for commercial and aesthetic purposes Hmm. like landscaping question mark (laughs) it sounds like to me it's just it's something setting we don't up, have at TCU. Setting up pretty um, plants to Well, there's be like viewed. pictures. And it's literally just like a greenhouse filled with flowers. Oh, okay. So I'm thinking it's like, it says for aesthetic purposes. So it's like studying the plants like people put in front of their houses and why they do that. Mm, okay. I guess. Okay. I'm sure that's not accurate. And if it's not, someone please just like DM me on Instagram and tell me, <laughs> tell me the accurate definition. All right. So when Lacey wasn't at school, she would sometimes visit a friend who worked at a cafe in Morro Bay, California. And I work in Morro Bay during the summers. That's where I'm a surf instructor. Hmm. Fun fact about me, guys. Right. You're getting more DJ EJ lore. I knew that. 
So it was there in 1994 that Lacey was introduced to Scott Peterson, who worked at the cafe. Sounds suspicious. Suspicious. <laughs> Lacey made the first move towards Scott, sending him her phone number. Almost immediately after meeting him, Lacey told her mother that Scott was the man that she was going to marry one day. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're already like the suspicions. Oh, yeah. Um, no way. But I like that she made the first move. Right, right, right. That's true. Like, good of her, but also, like, maybe don't. <laughs> yeah, I would not say immediately you fell in love and you knew. Like, I would, see, like, even if I was that attracted to a man, I would not go home to my mom and be like, Mom, I'm going to marry <laughs> him. Like, my, my commitment <laughs> issues could never. Right. But, yeah, that's, like, so bold, too. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's do a quick background on Scott Lee Peterson. Okay. He was born on October 24th, 1972 in San Diego, California. He played golf from an early age and wanted to play pro golf like Phil Mickelson, his teammate in high school. Um, and he was pretty obsessed with Phil Mickelson. Like, when I say obsessed, he literally enrolled the same college that this kid went to like he was following him oh so he enrolled at arizona state university in 1990 which is where mickelson also attended but because mickelson's success in pro golf took off in university this began to defer deter scott's dreams and he transferred to cuesta college in san luis obispo which is like our local little community college and he started working at the cafe where he met lacy so okay okay i mean maybe a red flag or two. maybe a red flag number one like obsessed <laughs> with i'm gonna be a pro golfer i'm gonna follow this kid like yeah but not yeah too, so not too suspicious yet not <laughs> super suspicious yet but also like golf mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> all right so on their first date scott took lacy deep sea fishing on their first date <laughs> where she got violently okay. seasick oh okay does she know she was seasick before like or she gets seasick i i didn't fully read because <laughs> it wasn't like I'm sure, super yeah. relevant to the story but i was like if a guy asked me on a first date to go deep sea fishing would i go i mean it's like adventurous it's kind of cool it's adventurous but i would also be scared that he would like kill me out at sea I mean, dot, 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 <laughs> foreshadowing for later. <laughs> That's a valid concern. I mean, that probably wouldn't cross my head when, um, my mind when I'm <laughs> deep sea fishing, <laughs> that the other person hopefully would not be I would just, me. like, I also know that I am, a, like, a person that gets seasick when I'm uh, out in the ocean, so okay. I would also be like, hello? Oh. I think someone just left. Oh. I know there was another person in the building, but okay. <laughs> to those to the listeners who, if they couldn't hear that, some sort of little ding-a-ling bell just went off. Mm. But all right. Oh, okay. Well, let's hope that will not be continuing. But hello to the person that's been entering and exiting. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, so <laughs> he just there's a wind. So I. One day I'm going to video one of these sessions, but there are windows right here, and the guy that just left just, like, totally walked by us, but that's okay. Was... You didn't see him? No, no, I saw... There were two of them. There, there were was, two? There was, like, a oh. woh- woman bye with guys. him, too. Oh, bye, everyone. 
I'm just I don't know. What's Listen going to on. Club Crime if you're if you're standing. It's already freaking me out. <laughs> you're getting a little nervous. Yeah. Scott's coming for you. <laughs> All right, so despite her getting violently seasick on this trip, this did not deter her feelings towards Scott. I mean, Did not. he, like, ho- hopefully he took care of her and, like, while she was seasick, you <laughs> well, know? Well, okay, let's, let's get more into this story. Oh, okay. Before you make that judgment. Okay. So, as Scott and Lacey's relationship got more serious, Scott put aside his dreams of becoming a pro golfer, and he decided to follow a business path. Mm-hmm. So, the couple moved in together in Prunedale, California, while Scott finished his senior year of college. And Prunedale is, like, north of San Luis Obispo. I guess, so, do you know where San Luis Obispo is? <laughs> no. Okay. So, up here we have San Francisco. Oh, we're And up down there. here we have Los Angeles. Right. And right here in the middle, kind of close to the beach, is San Luis Obispo. Okay. So, it's like, everyone asks, like, what major city is San Luis Obispo near? San Luis Obispo is kind of like the major city in that area. Okay. Other than maybe like Santa Barbara. Okay. But, okay. So it's just north of um, San Luis Obispo. I'd say like an hour and a half away. And Scott was finishing his senior year of college. Around this time, Scott began having two of his several extramarital affairs. Oh, so maybe he wasn't taking the best care of Lacey oh. after that trip. Wait, you say never, never mind. What you can you say extramarital? Well, well they weren't married. They weren't okay. Well, were I they sh- married? L- let me get to this next part. So on August 9th, nineteen ninety-seven, at the Sycamore Mineral Springs Resort in San Luis Obispo County's Avila Valley, the two got married. Oh, okay. So I think he started cheating on her just before they got married. Before, okay. But then after that, all his affairs were extramarital. Gotcha. All right. So after their graduations, the Petersons opened a sports bar in Slow called The Shack. And The Shack from my house is also like a two-minute walk. Hmm. Um, and The Shack is now Five Guys. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, because they eventually had to put it up for sale in 2001 when the couple moved to Lacey's hometown of Modesto. So, the shack was not around whenever I was alive, right. but to my parents, who are perhaps listening right now, could you give us some insight onto, um, was the shack good or not? Right. Because I, I looked know. up their old menu, and it was like burgers. It was like a sports bar. So, ah, it was okay. like burgers and wings and... It better have been good. I know. I want to know, like... I get, I, get, I get it. Scott Peterson is not a good person, but did he at least run, like, was a decent food? business? Was the food good? Was the food good? That's, that's, a, that's all I need to that's know. That's all the questions you need to ask. Um, all right. So, while in Modesto, Lacey began working as a part-time substitute teacher, and Scott got a job with Trade Corp USA, which I think was a branch off of some, like, big other brand. I can't specifically remember what, but... Lacey's family and friends relayed that she loved to stay home because of her part-time job and to be a housewife. And in 2001, she announced that she was pregnant Mm. and her due date was February 10th, 2003. All right. We have an update on the food. Oh, Um, my dad says that the food was okay. That's so disappointing. I I was hoping like I was either hoping that it was going to be terrible food or -hmm. just like the most banging food ever. Ugh, it was okay. Just okay. But, Dad, I know you're listening. Can you tell, Can you give us some more elaboration? On <laughs> what was the best thing on the menu? What was what the, was the worst? Thing? Yes, because my dad is very much a food guy. Like, if he says food is okay, that means the food is okay. Okay, okay. So, 
Like, was <laughs> was it because, like, it was just, like, mediocre burgers? Mm. This is, like, nothing to do with the main <laughs> plot. We haven't even gotten to the murder Yeah, yet. I was going to say. Um, all right. So, on November 20th, 2002, when Lacey was seven months pregnant, Scott was introduced to a massage therapist from Fresno Whoa. named Amber Frey. And he told her that he was single. Oh. And thus the two began a romantic relationship with one another. Wow. Okay. Okay. We just lo- he just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. And on December 23rd, 2002, a day before Lacey disappeared, the couple got up to go to a hair salon owned by Lacey's sister so that Scott could get his monthly haircut. Throughout the day, Scott told several people that he would be playing golf the day of Christmas Eve. And that's very important. Remember that, like, he was telling all these people, I'm going to go play golf. The day of Christmas Eve? Oh, that's suspicious. <laughs> who goes playing golf on Christmas Eve? Uh, I mean, a guy who was obsessed with golf. We have one more update. Right. Um, dad, my dad says, um, the bur- they had good burgers. Okay. Okay. We're not getting really any elaboration but you know that's fine that's fine that's fine you know no big deal i'm just gonna assume based on him saying it's okay and the burgers are good what's like a restaurant i can like relate it to big in my boys. hometown I'm oh. trying, like, <laughs> what did you say i said big boys Do you guys true oh, okay. or maybe around here i would relate it to maybe like oh people are gonna dox me for this but like duchess I haven't had a... I don't like burgers, so I haven't had you don't. a Dutch's Burger. Dutch's Burgers are really good. And Dutch's, like, overall is a good restaurant. But, right. like, is it the best restaurant? Oh, no. By no means. No. Like, absolutely not. So, I would... That's kind of what I'm, in my head, relating it to. Okay. So, remember... So, remember what I just told you. Right. Scott said, like, told a lot of people, I will be playing golf on Christmas Eve. But will he actually be playing golf? <laughs> I guess we're going to find out. I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> so around 830 um, at night, Sharon, Lacey's mom, called Lacey, which would end up being the last time she talked to her daughter. Mm. All right. So now we get to That's talk about the night of Christmas Eve or what day is that? the day before Christmas? Eve. Okay. Christmas Eve Eve. Okay. 20. Gotcha. All right. So let's talk about her disappearance. Now we actually get to the disappearance. So Scott claimed that the last time he saw Lacey was the morning of December 24th, 2002, Christmas Eve, at 9.30 a.m. He claimed that he went fishing in the Berkeley Marina instead of golfing. Huh, okay. And that he left, that when he left, Lacey had been cleaning the house, baking, and then left to walk their golden retriever, Mackenzie. Oh. Mackenzie's a boy. I thought Mackenzie was a girl for a while until I read further into it, and I was like, Mackenzie's a boy. Okay. <laughs> Just that that in Is my that head. important? No. <laughs> Mackenzie goes by he, him pronouns. Okay. okay. <laughs> At 10.30 a.m., a neighbor of the Petersons found Mackenzie still with his leash on, but not finding anything out of the ordinary, returned Mackenzie to his backyard. In a statement to the police, Scott at this time had gone to his warehouse that he owned to send some emails and then retrieve his boat so he could go to the marina. This man's all over the place. Um, he went to the warehouse, the fishing. <laughs> I know. he went. He's going everywhere. But he did have email timestamps time stamps and a receipt from the marina to back up that he had gone there. Okay. Scott then fished 
reportedly, for 90 minutes before packing up, leaving a voicemail for Lacey, which he did leave a voicemail for her, and returning his boat to the warehouse. Then he went home to shower and found his house empty, though he did say that he had found Lacey's 1996 Land Rover Discovery SE in their driveway. Mm. Um, I also would like to say that he went home and he did a couple things that I'll get into beforehand, but then he ate pizza with milk. Oh. That's what the Wikipedia said. Ew. They made like a very important. That was very specific, but nasty. <laughs> I, I was like, re- I was doing my research and it goes, he ate pizza with milk. And I go. Pizza with milk. I, I don't think I needed to know that uh-uh. information. <laughs> Wait, so like, I don't get it. Why, if he saw that the car was still in the driveway and the house was empty, and the dog was there, where did he think she was? Well, so let's keep going. Right. All right. So upon returning home, Scott washed his clothes immediately. Uh-oh. And claimed that they had been gotten dirty from being in the bay and that it was rained on. And not only was this suspicious, but it's really important to note that the weather that day was not optimal to go fishing. Mm. The weather that day was rainy. The ocean was very choppy. And it was just overall like an awful day to go out into the ocean. Mm-hmm. So that was like suspicious, like thing number right. one. Also that he had immediately showered upon getting home and right. also washing his clothes. Like why don't you just throw them in the... Throw them in the dirty laundry. Because yeah, it's exactly. not like if they're dirty, like you put all your dirty clothes in there. Right. But if they're bloody, mm-hmm. you need to wash them immediately. Right. So like I said, he showered, he ate lunch... And then Scott calls Lacey's mom to ask if Lacey is with her. And this was the first time Sharon knew that Lacey was missing. And about a half an hour later after that phone call, Lacey's stepfather calls the police to report that Lacey is missing. Mm -hmm. So later that evening, Scott was called in by investigators. Detective John Bueller later stated that he knew Scott was involved in Lacey's disappearance upon first meeting him. Because he... (sighs) basically said that upon like meeting scott and like interviewing scott scott's demeanor was calm and slightly arrogant not at all what a like troubled grieving husband should be Mm -hmm. acting like interesting here's where it gets even more suspicious so that evening sharon roja had gone to a park near the and i hope i'm saying that last name right it's either roja or roshka I, so if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize, but I'm going to call her Sharon Roja because that's what I think it is. Okay. Um, but Sharon had gone to the park where Lacey had reportedly been walking Mackenzie to look for her. She had, while she was at the park, she saw Scott who completely ignored her and then like completely, she like saw him from afar and like called out to him like, Scott, Scott, he completely ignored her. Then later... When they were both at the house, at, like, the Peterson's household, he completely avoided her hug that she tried to give him and, like, refused to make eye contact with hmm. her. What day was this? This is still, like, the nighttime of December 24th. Okay, okay. So, so they all got together. So they all got together, like, that night. Like, okay. everything started happening immediately that night. Okay. So search parties also almost immediately began to find Lacey around the Modesto and Dry Creek area. 
These parties included Lacey's family and friends, which were like the initial search parties. Then when police searches began ramping up, those searches included equipment such as helicopters equipped with searchlights, mm. police mounted on horseback and bicycles, canine units, and water rescue rescue units on rafts. Smart. And it was very out of, this is something that should be noted. It was very out of character to leave or go somewhere without telling someone in her family first, whether that be her husband, her mom, her stepdad, her sisters. Right. So police immediately knew that her just running away was out of the question. Okay. So the case began picking up national media coverage incredibly fast and people would hide out around the Modesto area, especially around the Peterson's household. And whenever Scott was out in public, the media would immediately like attack him and start asking him all these questions. And mm. basically like everyone was trying to get the story out as fast as possible. So the family began to offer a $25,000 reward, which was then e- increased to 250,000, then 500,000 for any information that could lead to the safe return or, or like, discovery of Lacey. So now the, now we're going to get into the real scary part. I'm going to give you a little warning. Oh no. Here's your here's your warning for the, <laughs> You thought it was scary so far? We're going to get a little bit more scary. Okay, okay. On April 13th, 2003, a couple walking so that's their dog skipped how many years? It's just One? a couple months later. So they've oh, been searching okay. for like several months. Right. At this okay, point. okay. On April 13th, 2003, a couple walking their dog found a decomposing but also well-preserved body of a late-term fetus in a marshy area of the San Francisco Bay shore, around the same age as the baby that Lacey was carrying. I forgot she was pregnant. (laughs) The baby's umbilical cord was apparently torn rather than cut, and according to an anonymous source who unveiled the autopsy results. A one and a half loops of nylon tape was wrapped around the baby's neck. Oh my gosh. And he had a large cut on his body. Oh, that's so sad. The very next day, uh, one mile away from where the baby was found, a body was found washed up on the shore in beige pants and a maternity bra. The woman's body was decapitated and she was missing most of her limbs. Oh. A DNA was, DNA test was conducted on both of the bodies and it was concluded that the bodies were in fact of Lacey and her unborn son, who was posthumously named Connor, as that was the name that Lacey and Scott had planned on naming him. Wow. So the baby from here forward will be called Connor. So... Upon her autopsy being done by Dr. Brian Peterson, who is of no relation, I was gonna. <laughs> Lacey's exact date of death was never determined. Though it was determined that her cervix was intact, she had two cracked ribs, but she had no internal organs other than her uterus. What? It was concluded, it was not able to be concluded what sort of weapon was used to kill Lacey. Dr. Peterson also determined that the baby had died in the womb and was expelled by Lacey's body after she had passed. Oh. So, very sad. Oh, that is just um, devastating. 
So that's the scariest part is let's, I'll tell you, we're going to get less scary now. <laughs> now we're going to get into the justice. Yes. All right. So. Who did it? Hmm. I wonder who. <laughs> I, I, I wonder who in this scenario could it perhaps be the most suspicious person? The stepdad. <laughs> it, it was a stepdad. It was that, the like, mom. It was, it was a stepdad that like everyone said was like a great guy. The doctor. <laughs> Dr. Brian Peterson, who is, in fact, in relation. <laughs> who is the other Peterson just revealed? Uh, no, it's not Brian. Brian Peterson, I will say, is not related. Although I think it's kind of, like, weird that, like, he was picked yeah, to do the autopsies. All right. So once it was concluded that both Lacey and Connor's bodies had been found, the police kept the information quiet in fear that Scott would try to flee. Right. Smart. Okay. On April 18th. 2003, Scott Peterson was arrested after being pulled over 30 miles from the California-Mexico border. Oh, oh, he was trying to escape. Scott had dyed his dark brown hair and beard blonde. Oh, you said died and I thought he died. No, he, he hadn't died. <laughs> okay. He, like, hair dyed. Okay, gotcha. He hair dyed his dark brown hair and beard blonde. He was carrying about $15,000 in cash. Mm -mm. He had both his own and his brother's IDs. He had four cell phones, survival and camping gear. Here's the funniest part. 12 Viagra tablets. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was the exact number, 12. Well, we obviously know why. <laughs> and several changes of clothes. Okay, okay. Why 12? Why can't it be like 10? Why does it why can't it be 15? Why does it need to be the exact number of 12? 12. That was that's how many times you can have sex. After that, no more. <laughs> <laughs> He's done for. <laughs> He's done for. <laughs> Better take like half of one a year. <laughs> what? Well, then he could like spread it out. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> So after his arrest, Scott was charged with two felony counts of murder with premeditation and special circumstances. Mm. So now we kind of get into like a little bit of an interesting part. Leading up to Scott's arrest, Amber Frey, who was his lover that he had met in November, like oh. the month before Lacey disappeared, came forward regarding her affair after she learned that Scott was a person of interest in Lacey's case. And this information that I'm about to tell you, she also did once again testify once she was in court. Okay. So this information she gave to police originally under, like, investigation, and then she gave it in court. She told police that Scott had told her that he was single when they first met. Um, but on December 9th, 2002, she confronted Scott once she suspected that he may be married. Scott then told Amber that he was recently widowed. Which was BS. And well, that. Soon to be. Well, soon to be. And that 2002 <laughs> would be his first Christmas without his wife. Oh my gosh. Upon no. being given this information, police suspected that perhaps Scott had already planned on killing Lacey around this time. Had to be, yeah. Because, so, I mean, first. He did have his first Christmas. So it's but... very much seeming like this was a premeditated, you know. Right. Not. Something. Oh, yeah. For sure. So. When his trial began on April 21st, 2003, Scott pleaded not guilty to both of his charges. I mean, obviously, this right. dude's been like, I didn't do it the entire right, time. Right, right, right. Like, so, 
the trial had to be moved from Stanislaus to San Mateo County, as most people from Stanislaus County were believed to not create a fair jury, as many people were believed to think that Scott was guilty. Okay. okay. Which, at that point, I'm like, he is. Just let, (laughs) just let the, like, we know he's going to get arrested, just, but... I get it. The legal system, we have to have fair trials. Yes. As the 23-week trial ensued, the prosecutors argued that Scott had killed Lacey and Connor, then dumped their bodies into the San Francisco Bay using cement anchors to weigh down their bodies. Mm. Though no such anchors were ever found when sonar was used, that was just the hypothesis created by the defense. Okay. The defense countered by arguing that Lacey had been taken by one or more kidnappers and that she and Connor were killed after their disappearance. So that's all they can really come up with. They were like, oh, I don't know, uh, kidnappers? Yeah. So on November 12th, 2004, Scott Peterson was convicted of murder in the first degree for Lacey's death and murder in the second degree for Connor's death. Judge Alfred A. DeLucci, who presided over the case, sentenced Scott to death, though in March of 2019, California Governor Gavin Newsom issued a moratorium for all 737 prisoners on death row in California, which also included Scott Peterson. What does that mean again? Moratorium? Let's look up that word. I'm pretty sure it just means like... Or not being killed? Yeah. Okay moratorium meaning a temporary prohibition of an activity so they're prohibited to not kill kill yeah okay um interesting california has not executed a prisoner since 2006 and it is likely that scott will not be killed once gavin newsom leaves office in 2027 so it's likely that he may will probably never be put to death, mm-hmm. but he will definitely spend the rest of his life in prison. Okay, okay. Interesting. Since his incarceration, Scott has attempted to appeal his case several times, and all of them have failed. <laughs> Good. <laughs> However, on August 21st, 2022, Scott, his defense team, and the Stanislaus County prosecutors convened to discuss a potential retrial. As they believed that there could be more evidence that was not presented, which could exonerate Scott. But this retrial was denied. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, dude's just probably not ever going to get out. Right. Great. Wonderful. Yes. All right. So, the legacy of this case. On August 30th, 2003, Lacey and Connor were buried at the Burwood Cemetery. Lacey and Connor's deaths led to the Unborn Victims of Violence Act which was signed into law by President George W. Bush on April 1st, 2004, with Sharon Roja and her, bros- and her husband, Ron Gransky, in attendance. Mm. The act provides that any act of violence against an unborn child will get its own separate charge alongside the charge of violence against the pregnant woman. So it'll count as two separate charges. Gotcha. Sharon wrote a biography and memoir called For Lacey, a Mother's Story of Love, Loss, and Justice, which she wrote in 2006. Both Lacey's stepfather and father died in 2018, and both were buried next to Lacey and Connor. Aww. Since her death, Lacey Peterson's case has sparked several documentaries, TV specials, and podcast episodes, such as this, <laughs> ensuring that her case will never be forgotten. 
and that is the story of the disappearance and murder of Lacey Peterson. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, let's take a second. So, you do not know the story of Kristen Smart, correct? No. So, as a brief summary for you, we have talked about it in a previous episode, but Kristen Smart was a college girl from Cal, who went to Cal Poly, who was murdered after leaving a frat house, like, kind of alone and was killed by this guy named paul flores who was like known to be a pervert okay and they've never found her body uh which is scary yeah but i would say because i always talk about this is the lacey peterson case and the kristen smart case are definitely the most famous cases where i'm from i mean obviously lacey was not killed in slow but she went to cal poly Cal Poly's got some issues. Cal Poly has some issues. Got some murdering issues. I keep, like, reading the news every now and then, and it's like, body found at Cal Poly. And I'm like, where are y'all getting these bodies? Yeah. Where where are they coming from? Or, like, the other day, in, like, an abandoned bank or Mm. something, like, some building off of, like, the highway from where I'm from, they just found, like, a body. Like, the building was completely empty inside. There was just, like, a body. I was like... Where, where are they coming from? Mm-hmm. And I also think it's really funny whenever I talk about these cases because of all people, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey once came to Slow and told all the residents that Slow was the happiest place on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is so funny because we aren't like a huge city. We aren't a big city, but we have some pretty big city like murder cases happen. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but... I always talk about, like, so Kristen Smart was murdered on Memorial Day weekend. And so because of that, usually my mom won't let me go out anywhere on Memorial Day weekend. Mm. Just, like, out of fear of, like, oh, crap, like, that happened to her. So in the Lacey Peterson case, like, what I learned from Kristen Smart is don't go to parties all by yourself. Right. Um, Make sure that there's people with you. Don't, like, go home alone with someone random. Like, but with Lacey Peterson, to me, it's almost like make sure you know the people that you're getting to know in college like make sure these people are trustworthy Mm -hmm. um if a guy takes you out deep sea fishing (laughs) on your first date red flag red flag flag. (laughs) that part like always gets me i now know i will never ever take anyone out deep sea fishing what would your reaction be if like that is true like hey jacob i want to go on a date with you um do you want to go deep sea fishing um, how about a restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm all for, like, creative and unique No, I dates. love those things, but, yeah. But maybe not. I'll go out on a boat. It, I mean, it depends on, like, who's there. You know, because, like, if it's, like, a like a tour thing and, like, there's a ton of people around. Then I can see, like, that being yeah. fine. Yeah, like, if it's just, like, me, my date, and then, like, the boat. Or the, who, the boat. The good though, whoever or like whoever's <laughs> steers well, like the boat. Well, like if you own your if you own your own boat, like Scott did, like it's just like right. me, you, our boat. Like, what do you no, do with those awkward conversation? No, yeah, that's like, awful. Or like, what if you have to go pee? Like, sorry, let me just go to the other oh. side of the boat real fast. <laughs> just go to the ocean, yeah. No, I, I would absolutely not go no. on a boat trip. That's a, yeah, that's a little suspicious when it's just the two people going. To, yeah, no. That's what I'm saying. Like. It just is, like, gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what do you think? Do you have anything you I have some add? questions. I'm just... Ask, yeah, ask away. I'm just, like, 
what well one they like they knew um i feel like he planted those bodies because like he knew when to run away because the police kept it under wraps right that they found the body i don't think the bodies were planted because they were how decomposed they were but maybe he like went and got them or i don't know how or i mean something maybe like that. because like how did they both just wash up on shore at the same time and from all the information i found he never like i don't think he ever found out unless like from someone else that the bodies had been found so right. like he had you're right he didn't have a real reason to start running away yeah. so so like how did he know now i have to now of all times i have to run away and change my id and like go to a different country and like yeah how did he must like something must have occurred something definitely triggered it, where I agree. he knew that their bodies were found or he planted the bodies and like i don't know because that also takes planning of like i need to bleach my beard i need to right well, and, like, also, he had a cover story, sort of. Like, he had told his dad that the reason he had his brother's ID was to go get, like, a California or a San Diego, like, resident pass to go, like, golfing, I think. What? <laughs> and so, if he used his brother's ID, which his brother is a San Diego resident, then, Uh-oh. like, he would get this, like, discount. To go but, play golf or something. But or where was, was to go he fishing. going? That's my thing. Is I'm like, number one, where where are you going? Yeah. And number two. Like, Why you got to bleach? Also, I'm face. sure like for a golf pass, I'm sure it's not that expensive. Mm-hmm. And why do you have, like, what did you, did you say 15,000? 15, 15,000 in cash. Right. Why do you, you don't need that. Why do you need 12 Viagra tablets? <laughs> if you're just going to get a golf pass. <laughs> Yeah, so, and he was definitely on the run. Like, they picked him up. Oh, yeah, for real sure. Real close to the Mexico border, but. And then another thing is just, um, I just don't get, why did he do it? She, he was the one who was cheating. She was the one who had a reason to kill him. Well, they think it was, like, he wanted out of his marriage, but he had, I mean, I don't think he wanted to ever confess to his affairs. Oh. So, and obviously, like, we know, like, he has this history of, like, weirdly kind of stalking golf players to also become a golf player and <laughs> but like he's not from what we know about yeah. him he's not like he's not like other guys but like he really is just this like off like yeah off, like off-putting weirder guy so in my mind it's like he was like i think there's two groups of thought i want out of my marriage I'm going to ask for a divorce, but <laughs> if I ask for a divorce, then I have to tell everyone, well, the reason I want a divorce is because I'm not in love with you anymore and I'm having extramarital affairs. Right. But the other school of thought is I want out of this relationship, this marriage, but I don't want you to know that I had affairs. So um, I will, in fact, just be killing <laughs> you, will, you. You will be dead. I just think it's so, so sad, sad because... Yeah. They also, like, it wasn't fully concluded that there was an idea that maybe the son was alive once Lacey had died. Mm. Like, because the womb was still in there, that's what right. kept the baby alive. Right. And so there's, like, a theory that maybe, like, once her, like, the gases that had built up had pushed the baby out, the baby still could have been alive. Oh, for sure. How long, how long, long was the baby? 
the like baby seven was seven and a half months oh, along. So the baby could have definitely survived as like a premature. Yeah. So I think that's really sad of like. Right. I get, I, I don't get, but I. But also. Like killing your wife is one thing. Right. But like leaving the baby to die as well is mm-hmm. also a little. Maybe, but I guess like if the baby was alive, like you can't explain right. why is my wife here and this seven and a half month old right, baby right. is here. So. Well, didn't it say in the autopsy that all the organs were gone yes so, all of her or so, she, so maybe the baby was killed on purpose because the, like they had to get into the organs you know but that's the thing is the wound like her uterus was fully intact oh, that's there true. was nothing like cut out from the uterus so what doesn't make sense is like obviously she was cut open her organs were removed but like did he want the baby to survive inside right. of her like that's what doesn't make sense to me if like but it was also interesting of, like, he had definitely chopped up her body so that, like, she it was easier wrecking. to, like, get rid of. Right. But I also think it's, like, he didn't do a very good job. No. Like, what, like, like, from what I found out is, like, one of her legs was cut up, like, pretty high up. And then the other one was, like, super <laughs> farther down. It was, like, you were doing an even job, Scott. Yeah. Like, and that's kind of weird to say, but, like... It's, yeah, I agree. It's like, why was the baby... Right. What was the train of thought of, like, you know, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. I'm killing you. Yeah. Like... I was thinking originally, like, maybe it was, um, I don't want the baby or something like that. So he I was thinking that. that. But then, like, just the way she was br- brutal. Well, and as far murdered. as I know is, like, other than Scott having the affairs... He had no real reason to hate Lacey. Lacey, from what everything that I read, she was a devoted wife. Like, the reason she was a part-time substitute teacher is so that she could stay home and be a housewife for Scott. Mm -hmm. Like, she lived her entire life for Scott, essentially. And in my mind, when I was doing research, I just finished Othello. Mm. as weekend is doing hair and makeup and i started seeing so many like weird little connections of like (laughs) i mean it's funny to like think about but it's like in othello othello kills desdemona because he's yeah like weirdly suspicious of her and an affair yeah having like he he never does an affair othello never cheats but he is convinced by outer sources to kill his wife so that's part of what i started thinking about is like did amber have something to do with why he killed her did one of the other mistresses have something to do with it of like you need to be with me and if you want to be with me your wife has to die oh geez but then why would amber confess you know or like tell some of the details because if she came forward and said this is what he said Uh, i have no involvement look her like it'll make her look less suspicious so I don't know. It's just... That's it's interesting. It's interesting. That was yeah. my whole, like, little theory about it is, like, it could have... Because he had several extramarital affairs. It wasn't just, like, Amber Frey was his first. Like, I talked about it. Like, right, you're right. He had several. So I definitely think, like, along that grand scheme of things, somewhere in there could have been this, you know, tortured relationship... Mm-hmm. I want to be with you, but I can't be with you if she's still alive sort of thing. That's awful. Which is a god-awful. That's an awful way to yeah. look at it. But do you have any final questions or 
I don't comments think so. That's just, oh my gosh. anything you want to say? No? That's just crazy. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This Thanks for has having been me. A terrible, awful story, but <laughs> um, a wonderful little session with yes. us. Um, and because you are a new guest, you have officially joined the club that is Club Crime. Let's go. <laughs> But thank you so much once again. Um, And to all our listeners out there, please join us next week for another true crime story when we have another guest joining us. And this has been... Is it next week? Spring break? Oh, no. You're so right. (laughs) I I have a little thing. So we will not be coming back next week. I'm going to take a little week hiatus because it is spring break. Um, The radio station will be closed. But then after that, I will be back. So Mm. I will see. I will... You guys, I will hear from you again in two weeks. Thank you so much, Jacob. Mm-hmm. But yes, I will. I promise I will see you again soon. I will come back with another special surprise story with another guest joining us. And as always, this has been Club Crime.